at Tri-Cities Baptist Church, we try to remind one another that we are the primary evangelistic strategy of our church. Uh, we don't just think that's our church. We think that's a true statement of any uh, faithful local church, but we remind ourselves of that. And it's an important reminder. And as we prepare to pray and to be missional in our minds and in our strategies over the next few months, I think it's important to go back to Scripture and just, again, remind ourselves why that is true, that we as a church acknowledge that the redeemed Jesus followers, motivated by the love of the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit, are the primary vessels ordained to proclaim the saving message of Jesus. We sang about the Holy Spirit. The reality is that if you are here as a Jesus follower, I want you to know the Holy Spirit indwells you. You have been given power. You have been given authority, and you have been given a message. And so quickly, I want to just give you a simple question and a simple answer, but that will only set up what we'll talk about next. First, the simple question is, what has Jesus called me to do with his story? And the simple answer to that is every Jesus follower is called to share that story or to share the gospel. It's very simple. If you go back even to the Great Commission passages, Matthew in Matthew 28 says, And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mark's account says this in Mark 16, 15. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. It's a pretty simple charge that every Jesus follower is called to go share Jesus' story and call others to faith and repentance like we talked about last week. But it's a completely different thing to apply this truth. It's much harder than it is to just understand. And if we had a high view of Scripture, I think we would just accept that. If we were living within the Spirit, we would just accept that. We would look like the church in early Acts, and we would just go for it, not being able to do anything else but to tell people of the love of God through His Son, Jesus. But it's hard. It's difficult. David Platt said it this way. He said, as the local church, we are tempted to do everything else except the one thing Jesus told us to do in the Great Commission. And so what I want us to own this morning with great vulnerability and just honesty in love is that although we are all, as Jesus followers called, to take the gospel out, we all face temptation. We all make excuses. We are still at war within ourselves And the flesh and the sin that is within ourselves that is prideful and broken does not want us to exalt the love of God by sharing his message. And so what I want to remind us of is just some of those temptations that we face, that I face. By the way, I want you to know every one of these I've said to myself. I still say to myself. They're real temptations. They're real excuses that I'm going to lay out to keep me from sharing. And I want us to just walk through Scripture and see truth in response to these temptations. Because this morning, as we go before the Lord in prayer, before we write a name on a sheet of paper, before we just say, I'm going to go share, we need to put to death some of those most prevalent excuses that keep us from sharing. So the first temptation I want you to see, 
is that that temptation that says, you know, it's not my responsibility. The truth is, sharing the gospel is our calling. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes and he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. If you're a Jesus follower, he's talking about you. You've been reconciled to God. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Those who have been reconciled have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Those who have heard have been given the mission to go tell. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. The truth is, sharing the gospel is all of our calling. Temptation number two, I don't know how. I don't know how. And I just want you to know, in reality, that's kind of true for all of us. But the greater truth is this, that we are commanded to train, to study, to prepare, to trust in the Holy Spirit, and to try. To just try. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What will this power let you do? You will be my witnesses, he says. We are empowered by God himself when we proclaim his word. John 14 says the Holy Spirit will be our helper. And with his help, we will do greater things than even Jesus did while he was here. That's a, that's a, that's a powerful proclamation. Listen, no one has the know-how to change someone's life. But we can trust and we can share. And God can change a life. No parent knows what they're doing when they leave a hospital with their firstborn child. Men say amen. We have no clue what we're doing. And yet it is our love in us that compels us to try and to trust. Third excuse, third temptation. Well, I'm building a relationship. I'm building a relationship. Here's the truth. Our relationships are the means. They are not the end. Our relationships are the means and not the end. That's hard for us, and there's a subtle difference. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 51. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law. Some of these are easier to believe, right? Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law. And daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Listen, the goal of our relationships is not to hold on to our relationships for our personal gain or personal comfort. Jesus said that his gospel would divide very households. The goal is their eternal relationship, not our personal relationship. Listen, let me give you a statement. It is hateful logic to protect our personal relationship by avoiding the loving proclamation of the gospel of Jesus. That is hateful logic. It's selfish, broken logic. Even the most precious relationship we have in our marriage isn't about us. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5 
that husband and wife, this, this mystery of them coming together and longing to be one, he says it's about Christ and the church. Even our marriage isn't just about us. Our marriage, first and foremost, is to be a picture of the story of Jesus and the gospel. Our relationships are the means, but they are not the ultimate end that should be protected or guarded against the gospel. They are a vessel for the very proclamation of that truth. That's hard for us. But if we love and are driven by love, our end will be their eternal relationship with the Lord, not their personal, temporal relationship with us. The fourth temptation, I do not want to sound foolish or crazy. I think about this one all the time. Because the truth is, the gospel in and of itself just sounds crazy. If you knew nothing and someone ran up beside of you and said, hey, I want to tell you about this guy. He died, but he rose again. I know you've never seen that before, but it happened a long time ago. Just trust me. It's not on video. They didn't have it back then. But if you'll believe in that, all your sins will be forgiven, and he's going to take you to a place called heaven. That just sounds crazy. Left to my mind. And what's funny about this temptation is it is a temptation that is completely true. It's really more of a fear. Because the truth is this, no relationship, no delivery of the gospel, no matter how you say it, no circumstance will keep the truth of the gospel from being folly, foolishness, to those who do not believe. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me, this is Paul talking, to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, So if you're like me and you can't put a complete sentence together, amen, that's encouraging. Least the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. In other words, it's not just your delivery. The cross of Christ has power. For the word of the cross, listen, is folly. Folly to those who are perishing, but to us who have or thus who are being saved, it is the power of God. Listen, the gospel to those who do not believe will always be crazy. The fifth temptation that we face, the fifth excuse that we face is that I share through compassion, not words. You know, I don't say anything, I wear the shirt. I don't share the gospel, but I send shoes to poor kids. Here's the truth. Compassion that does not lead us to share, to speak, the gospel is not compassion. Ephesians 6, verse 19, Paul writes, Pray also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, listen, as I ought to speak. Speak. The primary means for sharing the gospel is with our words. It's with our speech. Yes, we do that in word and deed, but never just deed. 
It's always in the proclamation of truth. Even as Jesus reveals himself in John chapter 1, the word becomes flesh, the revelation of God. There is a responsibility for us to speak and to share the gospel. Number six, I don't want to target anyone. I don't want them to feel like they're my target, you know, like I just got to go win that person. That's uncomfortable, and I don't don't want to feel like I'm targeting anyone. Here's the truth. Sharing the gospel is an act of love and worship. God targeted you with his love. And aren't you glad that he did? It wasn't some random thing he left for you. You would have never found it. Scripture teaches us that God targeted you with his love, and he charges his Jesus followers to do the same. Listen to John chapter 15, verse 12, with that thought. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Did you hear that? His friends. I want you to stay there with me for just a moment. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus talking to his disciples, listen to this, this is really cool. No longer do I call you servants. They're not servants, why not? For the servant does not know what the master is doing. The servant's in the dark. He's not my friend, I didn't bother to tell him, don't, don't need to, doesn't matter. But I have called you friends. For all, all that I have heard from my father... I have made it known to you. A friend. Everything that is revealed to me through the Father, I make it known to you. How could I take something from the creator, the sustainer of all life, something that good, that true, that loving, and not share it with you and call you a friend? Even Jesus' definition of friendship is that everything I have heard from God, I have shared with you. Sharing the gospel is an act of love. Love is a commitment. It's a choice. If you don't think targeting people with love is good, stop targeting your spouse with love and see how that goes. Yeah, we do that intentionally, right? Listen, I wake up all the time. I'm grumpy. I don't want to be nice. I just want to go into my, like, you know, only child bubble. If I just stay in my only child bubble, man, I don't know that's very loving for my wife. You know what? My wife loves it when I target her with love, when I think strategically how to build her up, how to do something kind, how to share with her something that is good. Seventh, sharing is uncomfortable. I'm fearful. No one is comfortable in war. Listen, that's the truth. No one is comfortable in war. This is a war. Acts 29, and now the Lord look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Here's the challenge as we pray this morning, church. We're at war. We can hide or we can love. And if we love, we will share. We love because he first loves us. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. We share because he shares. So right now I'm going to ask you to take some time 
to bow your head and to go before the Lord in prayer, I'm going to ask that you pray that God break you of your selfish, your fearful hearts with me. And instead that he would give you obedience, faithfulness, urgency, boldness, listen, love. We would pray that God would awaken us to our calling to share, that he would put to death our most well-crafted excuses, that he would give us a greater love for him, that he would give us a greater love for others, and that he would give us the boldness to faithfully share his love with others. At this time, would you bow your head before God, and would you pray that he would do this work in our hearts as a church this morning? Matthew 9, 36 and 37 says, Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let us pray. Father, the gospel is so great. Lord, it has changed our lives because of your love. Help us to remember that those that we know that don't know you don't know that love, Lord. If our gospel is hidden, it's hidden because of us hiding it from them, Lord. Please forgive us of that. Give us boldness to share and give us the love to love people the way you do. Help us to go out into the world and to love people and to share the gospel and to put our excuses behind us and to share with boldness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to move into the second segment, and I'm going to share a couple truths with you, and then we're going to have a second time of prayer together as a church family. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to quickly show you a verse and pull some truths out of it and then guide us into a prayer time. But Colossians chapter 4, Daniel answered the first question for us, is what is it as Jesus followers that God is calling us to do from his word? very clear from his word that out of a heart of love, out of a heart of being loved, uh, we are simply the tools that God uses to proclaim the message of the gospel to those around us. That command from scripture is extremely clear to us and wrestling through some of those challenges that are there for us as well. And I want to try to wrestle with a second question a little bit and briefly this morning is All right, where are we to do that? What does that look like in our day in and day out lives to be ready to share the message of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? So Colossians chapter 4 helps us with this briefly because it's on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. It says this, live wisely among those who are not believers. Scripture says, and make the most of every opportunity. Live wisely in the midst of those who do not know Christ, those who are not believers, and in that we're making the most of every opportunity. In other words, we see where we are, where we live, where we work, where we play as an opportunity afforded to us from the Lord. Think of it this way, as a divine assignment from God, an opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. The message of the gospel. So, 
with that, based on what we heard earlier, based on what Paul's saying here in Colossians, here's a reality for you and me. As followers of Christ, we see differently. We see differently. We love differently. What do you mean by that? In seeing differently, we look at those around us differently. The gospel has changed our lives. Jesus has changed you. He's changed me. Therefore, the way I see those around me, I see them differently. I see them from a kingdom perspective. I see them from God's perspective. I see them as one receiving great love from God and wanting them to know the great love of God. Let me give you some examples. As followers of Christ, because of the gospel, we see differently. We love differently in our neighborhood. The place where we live, the place where God has planted us, the place, if you will, that God has assigned us. Because of the gospel, because of the love of Jesus, we simply see our neighbors differently. They're not just the mailbox next to us. They're not just the people that borrows our lawn equipment. We see them differently. We see them from the love of God. We see them, as we read earlier, ultimately eternal souls that are either separated from God because of sin or they know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. We want them to know the love of God. We see them differently. Our co-workers, those that you work with, those that you share an office with, a cubicle with, because of Christ. Listen, we as believers, we see them differently. They're not just those that we go punch a time card with. They are those that God has aligned us with. God's planted us there, and we see them loved by God. We yearn for them to know the love of God, and they are eternal souls that will spend eternity with God, knowing Him forever and ever, or they will be separated from God forever in a place called hell. We have eyes that are different. We see different because of the Spirit of God within us. Our fellow students, our teammates, those who are at the gym, those who bring your order at the table, those that you come in contact with where you play, if you will, where we live, where we work, where we play every day, we see them differently. We see them as people who have either heard the message of the gospel, they they know, listen, Daniel said it earlier, it it may sound foolish, but do they know or do they not know that there was one God who became man, lived on their behalf, died on their behalf, rose from the dead so they could be made right with God? Or are they totally deceived about that? Do they have some religious twisting of me trying to earn my way to heaven or some religiosity like we have around here? Or are they totally unaware God loves me that much? We see differently. Scripture says, make the most of the opportunity. Listen, I would even take that a step further and say we watch the news differently. Meaning we see maybe people groups and nations around the world who are different from us, or even people groups are here who are local who are different from us, and we see them from a kingdom standpoint as either having access to the gospel, they can at least hear the gospel, or there are people groups in the world who they have no access to hear about Jesus. We see that differently because of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as a practice for us as a church, this Go, go Prayer service is something that we do on a regular basis. 
As Daniel said earlier, it's something to keep in front of us on a regular basis as a church. Do we see differently? Do we understand that we are God's tool? Are we walking in the power of the Spirit? Are we pursuing that, as we said earlier, because of the love of God in our hearts? So if you've been with us for any amount of time, this is your church home, or maybe you're a little bit new here, we have a little tool to help us with this. It's kind of become a a part of our culture here, and it's our three names. We refer to that. If you are relatively new, maybe you've heard people talking about my three names, and you don't even know what that means. So on a regular basis, we challenge one another as a church family, who are at least three people in your sphere of influence, where you're living, where you're working, where you're playing, that God's put a burden on your heart or you're aware that they don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't know that love. And what we do is we take this little card. You received one when you came in or there may be one in the seat pocket in front of you. And I just encourage you to take that right now and pull that out. We're going to use these here in just a second. This is a tool just to keep in front of us at least three people that we're praying for in your areas of influence. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you to go into a second season of prayer and kind of active prayer of asking God, okay, Lord, help me to see differently. And God, bring to my heart and bring to my mind the names of at least three people, either where I live, where I'm working, areas where I play, where I hang out, whatever it is. And I want you to write those names down on either side of the card. You're going to keep one half. You're going to turn the other half in. We'll explain all that in a minute. This is a tool. And you're going to take this and put it in a prominent place, maybe in your Bible, where you can be daily reminded to pray for these three names and ask for the opportunity to share the gospel with them. So we're going to enter into our second time of prayer. You've got this little tool in front of you. I'm going to give you just a few minutes. Ask the Lord. Open my eyes. Let me see. And you write down your three names on this card, all right? Let's do that now as a church family. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word God, of God with boldness. Acts 4.31 And then, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for our salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1.16 Our Heavenly Father, you created each of us to see your glory, to be thrilled by your glory, and to live so that we can help others see you. Give us a burden for our neighbors, our friends and families, our co-workers, and even our enemies that do not know you as their Savior. I pray that we would be shaken and filled with your Holy Spirit today. Help us to be courageous and bold and share the good news that Jesus Christ died for everyone. Your word says that no one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws them. Let us be faithful to pray for you to draw them and for us to do your will and to share the gospel. I love you and praise you for all that you have done and all that you will do. In Jesus' name. Thank you, church, for uh, us this morning. We're going to continue. The last segment's going to look a little bit different, but uh, I encourage you to take that card again. That's a great tool to remind you to pray for your three names on a regular basis. We'll uh, give you further instructions with that. Put that in a prominent place and make this a regular part of your walk with the Lord to pray for those around you. Um, last section is going to look a little bit like this. Uh, as a church, when we gather on Sundays here or 
in Johnson City. We gather and we're equipped and encouraged and and then we're sent out and we're scattered all over Upper East Tennessee and really even more than East Tennessee into Virginia and parts of North Carolina. And as a church, we're just scattered out as we go. Uh, It's neat to recognize that as we're scattered, there are pockets throughout our area that there's just a lot of Tri-Cities people. There's some concentrations where you may not even be aware that you work or you go to school and there's more than you realize of your brothers and sisters in that particular area from your church. One of the things that started bubbling up out of that are some prayer circles that have started in the workplaces around our area. We're so excited about that. Uh, Last fall we recognized all the teachers that were in our church that were involved in the education system and we called you down and we kind of commissioned you out sent you out into the teaching force so to speak and we're going to do that today and we're going to recognize a particular area where there's just a lot of people from our church that are concentrated and that's with Eastman Chemical Company. All of us are impacted in one way or another by that great company and a lot of our people work there. So if you are uh, in any way an employee or affiliated with Eastman Chemical Company, uh, we want to invite you, if you will, just to stand where you are and come on down front, and we're not going to embarrass you or anything. We just want to recognize that as a pool of our people. So you guys come on down. We're going to pray over you and send you out into your, uh, the place that you work as missionaries with the gospel. So as you're coming on down, these are pockets of Eastman people, so to speak. Uh, I'm going to introduce Luke Stewart, who's here, uh, one of our members. He works at Eastman, and God's put something really neat on his heart that he's leading out in, and that he's going to lead us in a time of prayer as we're launched out uh, this morning. So Luke, take it away. Okay, so um, at at Eastman, um, Dustin Tremaine and I have um, been praying about this and thinking about this for a while, and um, as as we've been commissioned to carry the gospel to where we live, work, and play I'm beginning to think about, you know, where we work, and um, so what we're doing is um, we're starting two prayer circles um, at Eastman Chemical Company. Um, I'll be leading one, Dustin will be leading the other. Um, These prayer circles are meant to be um, an encouragement to one another as as we pray for our names, as we think about sharing the gospel and how we go about doing that, and so... Uh, we'll use this time when we gather in our prayer circles uh, about once per month. Um, during, we're actually meeting during our lunch hour. Dustin's group met last week for the first time, and my, my group meets tomorrow for the first time. And um, We're going to be um, praying for one another. We're going to be sharing um, the times that we, that we go forward and um, you know, carry the gospel to those names and um, how, we, how we do that. Um, and, so, um, and then praying for one another um, as we go. And so... Um, if you would, where you are, just uh, bow your head, um, and I want you to think about and pray for um, specifically your workplace, um, where you work. That could be um, a place where you go um, and work. It could be at home. It could be, you know, your stay-at-home parent. You could be retired, but um, think about um, places where you work, and um, if you don't, you know, where you live or play is fine, and um, uh, I, will, I will lead us in prayer after that. Father God, you are sovereign. You reign supreme. Lord, your will will be done. And that is that your glory is made known to everyone across the earth, Lord. We just pray that we don't take that for granted and that we have a burden for sharing the gospel with those where we live and work and play. And as this group before you, Lord, goes out 
and carries the gospel to Eastman Chemical Company, Lord. We just, we pray for boldness. We pray that you would give us the words, Lord, to speak, to say things in a way that doesn't harm the gospel, Lord, but that, but that really makes Jesus shine through us. Lord, we just thank you for each person up here, Lord. Just be with them as we go. And be with our congregation, Lord, as we go out to our, our places where we live and work and play. In the strong, sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.